Hello and welcome to episode 94 of Section 138. I'm your host, Mark Colley. As always, I'm joined by Bryson. How are you, Bryson? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm not bad, and we don't have Jacob with us today, but we have probably the biggest piece of news we've ever had, um, I'd say for like at least a couple of years. This is really big news for the Blue Jays, of course, Massive. this week. If you don't know, you've been living under a rock, of course, Rogers is reportedly wanting to demolish the Rogers Center and rebuild another stadium in its place. If that plans fall through, they want to build a stadium on the lakefront um, and still demolish the Rogers Center, I assume. Um, so this is, like I said, probably the biggest news we've had in a couple years, if not longer. Um, I, uh, For me, I, I just want to talk about our first impressions of this news because for me, I woke up, I think it was Friday morning, and I saw your text in our group chat saying, we got to talk about this on the podcast. And I was like, what? I have not heard about this at all. So then I, I got the notification from the Globe and Mail as well. Of course, they reported it first. I read that article. I posted about it on Instagram. And uh, for me, I was elated about this news when I saw it. Like, it was Christmas morning. Like, we've been waiting for this news for a while. We know the Rogers Center is very problematic, and I was over the moon when I first saw the news because, of course, this was something we've been waiting for for years. We know the Rogers Center needs to be fixed. This was a solution. Um, th- those were my first impressions. I was surprised that some other people had different first impressions when I posted a bet on an Instagram, but what did you think, Bryson, when you first saw the news? Um, to be honest with you, it kind of came out of nowhere again. A lot of these news, this off season's come, like I've been surprised by a lot of this and this, this is massive news. And you know, I, it wasn't something where I was, my phone went off. I was just checking Twitter. It was Friday. It was the morning and I see Roger center trending like second in the country. So I'm like, okay, here we go again. Another debate about the ballparks. And then I, the first thing I see is a, a new, a global headline news saying that Roger center or Rogers communications is like planning to tear down the Rogers Center, and I my eyes completely like opened up, and I was completely shocked by this news. But you know there was um you know based probably from your post as well, Mark. There was probably a lot of mixed emotions from what you saw. People that supported this, and people that are kind of against this. And you know I'm actually kind of surprised the amount of people that were wanting to keep the Rogers Center, the people that were defending the Rogers Center as much as it was. But there was a lot of support, and there was a lot of excitement of the potential, the possibility of a new stadium coming. And uh, the one thing we know about the Rogers Center, you know, from the outside, it probably doesn't have the best appearance. It, essentially, it's a really, it's a lot of concrete. <laughs> that's that's one way to put it. But to look at it from an, the inside perspective, obviously, with the roof open, it's a much better atmosphere. And you can see the CN Tower, things like that around the game. Uh, and, you know, the one thing holding it back that's always been the case is the fact that there's, no artificial, or sorry, there's no grass and it's artificial turf. That's the one thing. They're one out of many, or sorry, just them in the Tropicana field are the only two stadiums that don't have actual natural grass. And then when you want to look at it from another perspective, as much as, you know, I'm saying the the good things and bad things about Rogers Center, Rogers Center was home for a lot of Blue Jays memories, a lot of them. And that's why I think, you know, this this potential destruction of the stadium could you know, somewhat, it can't just be as easy to get over just because of all the, you know, all the memories that happened here. You know, the Jays have won the World Series in this stadium, you know, uh, back in 1993, 1992, you know, there was a massive viewing party at the Rogers Center or like a viewing uh, place for people to watch when they won the World Series as well in 1992. 
Uh, and then I guess back in most recent days, you know, the playoff runs in 2015, 2016, just experiencing the stadium during a playoff run and how loud it could get because the dome can get very loud as it can hold almost 60,000 people. And then when you want to look at it from another way, uh, it can also be very quiet and very empty when they aren't essentially competing. So the one thing about Rogers Center is, you know, I have a lot of questions from this and I'm sure you do too, Mark, because, you know, looking at some of the reports and, you know, what we saw in the first article about it, you know, saying that the construction of this new potential ballpark could take five to eight years. Um, where would they play if they're going to just demolish Rogers Center and rebuild from where Rogers Center currently is? That's one thing I want to see, you know, address because I just, when you look at other facilities in Toronto, it's just, it doesn't seem very, it just doesn't seem like there's an actual place right now for them to play. Uh, there's BMO Field, but BMO Field, I don't know if could be converted into a baseball-like uh, facility, and I think that's pretty much the closest, I guess, venue in the city that could potentially hold a baseball, um, just a, anything towards a baseball game. But, you know, there's also the report that if it doesn't work out in the current location, they can potentially build at a new site along the lakefront, and I think that you know, for, for me personally, that's a much better option. And, you know, if you're going to take five to eight years to build this new stadium, then at least you can play in Rogers Center until it's ready. But lots of questions. And, um, you know, as much as it it's long overdue, as Rogers Center has been outdated for quite some time, uh, it's just that I think it's I think it's time for a new building. And, you know, the amount of costs they have to make to keep Rogers Center afloat each year is substantial. And, you know, the fact of the matter is building a new baseball stadium that could hold you know, a, a smaller, more baseball type, you know, stadium is actually cheaper and would actually benefit them much better. And if you want to build a smaller stadium to hold, you know, 40, 45,000 seats, at least, you know, you can, it would definitely look a little bit better just in case there wasn't a sellout, but lots of things to unfold here and lots of questions because who knows even, you know, what, what's going to happen when this will happen because, you know, there were, it was confirmed that this was going on or talks started going on before, uh, COVID-19 and you know that could have changed a lot right now and that could be either delayed it that could have maybe canceled it but it's very interesting and very exciting to hear that you know this is starting to be you know spoken about around Rogers mm -hmm. and there is so much we don't know but um, I think to me like I thought it was a given that no one liked the Rogers Center like I, I didn't know that there was still support for it that people enjoyed it um, I like I don't get me wrong I enjoy the Rogers Center and I have tons of memories there like I, that's where I grew up watching baseball that's where I fell in love with baseball like there's the memories at the stadium that of course I wasn't there for like 93 touch them all Joe Carter like 2015 the bat flip even if you go back to like the all-star game in the early 90s um tons of memories that's a stadium that saw Blue Jay greats like Roy Halladay come up and um, come into their own in the majors in the early 2000s. You know, you have other guys like Vernon Wells who um, played their time with the Blue Jays there. Of course, Jose Bautista more recently. But, like, there are so many memories there, and not just for the Blue Jays, but, like, personally, like I said, that's where I fell in love with baseball. Like, I remember sitting with my grandma and grandpa and, like, all my extended family watching baseball there and, you know, just going to games with different family members and you Bryson we went to a Canada Day game together and met Rob there as yeah. well from Blue Jay Center so uh, just so many different memories in this place and I'm not knocking that when I say that the Rogers Center is one of the worst stadiums in baseball like it has 
uh, personal significance to a lot of fans, myself included. Um, but it is one of the worst stadiums in baseball. Like you said, it's one of two that doesn't have real grass. I'd say it's one of the bottom three in baseball if you want to um, look at it from the perspective of Oakland, Tampa Bay, and Toronto. I think it, it's probably between Toronto and Tampa Bay, although I think Oakland can give them a run for their money when they have like the sewer back up and have, you know, horrible stuff in the dugout and stuff. But uh, it, it is a really bad stadium. And I don't think I, I think you can separate the personal importance of it and the significance of it for the Blue Jays from the actual facts that it's not a great stadium. So that's why I was surprised when people were upset that this news came out, because I thought everyone realized that. I thought it was just an accepted fact that, yeah, this was an incredibly important stadium for for not just for the Blue Jays, but it does have historical significance in baseball. When it was first made, it was, um, you know, barrier breaking. It was very significant in what it did to baseball. It just also turned out it was one of the only types of that stadium that were ever made. It was one of the last of its kind, the multi-purpose um, stadium. Of course, the retractable dome was revolutionary, and we still see that used in baseball today in stadiums around um, around Major League Baseball. But it just didn't turn out to be the direction that baseball was going in. A couple years after it was made, Camden Yards in Baltimore was made, and that revolutionized um the, the industry to a greater extent. So it was one of the first of it, its kind. It was also one of the last of its kind, and it has not aged well. Again, that does not mean it doesn't hold personal significance for us or significance for the Blue Jays. It just means that it's not a great stadium. Um, to me, it's like, maybe this is a strained analogy, but it's like if you get a new car, like you, like say you're driving, like I don't know, like a 2006 Ford Taurus, like like, yeah, like you got lots of memories in it. Maybe you went on a road trip with your friends or like it's your first car or something like that. And it's got all the quirks that you like and, and stuff like that. Uh, and maybe you'll be nostalgic about getting a new car. But like if you're getting a, a Tesla, you're not going to complain about getting a, rid of a 2006 Ford Taurus. So that's that's kind of how I view this. Of course, you have lots of memories in the Rogers Center. But at the same time, if you're getting a new, better ballpark, like... At some point, you're going to have to say goodbye to those memories and still be fond of the Rogers Center, but realize you're going to make new memories, um, have an even greater, greater stadium moving forward. Yeah, you, you put it, and the fact is, Rogers Center, it did kind of run into, it was, it, was, it was bad luck because, like you said, once it came out, it was this whole generational thing. It had the roof, it had the hotel, uh, it had many things. It was, you know, a significant upgrade from Exhibition Stadium. And then right after, of course, like you said, they ran into Camden Yards and many other parks, and that quickly took Rogers Center out of date. And that's the fact of the matter is, um, you know, for the longest time there was no, you know, only a couple years ago the, the Rogers Center installed Aldred Infield. It's been it's been only about four or five seasons, and before that it's been nothing other than pure turf. And um, Mark, like you said, it is bottom of the league, and even if it may it may not be thirtieth, but it's closer to thirtieth than it would be somewhat to a PNC Park or you know San Francisco. So that that is the thing. And the other thing too is Rogers Center was built as a multi-purpose stadium, like you said, and this potential new stadium could be strictly baseball and all like how much more this can benefit the team. Um, it outweighs, you know, keep playing in a place like the Rogers Center. And, you know, I'm seeing a lot of people trying to connect connect the dots here to a potential NFL thing. I don't see it at all. I see uh, 
I see the Jays or I see Rodgers installing this only for a baseball purpose because if that's the case, then I wouldn't be interested in a new stadium. I think the only way this could work out is if it's strictly baseball because the Jays have been playing in a multi-purpose stadium for quite some time now. And um, that is one of the other things. And like I wanted to bring up too, Mark, I don't know what you think of this is if this five to eight year project term or like the length of it is accurate and they want to rebuild Rogers Center or sorry, the new park over where Rogers Center was, like, what do you think options are for where this team is going to be playing for that long? Because, you know, pretty much from what I've seen as well, the uh, interviews from, you know, the old MLSE head or the chairman, and he's pretty much been saying that Rogers Center is so strong that even if you do like a, a standard demolition, like you see with other stadiums, it won't collapse. Like it would take years of going away at concrete and taking it down. So I just, I don't know what the solution is if they're going to be playing at the current location. But like I said, if you want to build something around the lakefront and then play at Rogers Center until that's ready, that's a whole different story. But, you know, this team was already away from Toronto in 2020. What's going to happen for the next five years if this actually goes through and the stadium's built over where Rogers Center currently is? Yeah, the way I interpreted, because like we got the five to eight year number in the Globe and Mail story, the way I interpreted that was like two years for planning, three years for actually building the stadium, and then like three years depending when all this entire process starts. Because we don't totally know the timeline because, of course, it was messed up by the pandemic. But uh, I, I think like even if it does take three years to build, which is, again, my interpretation, but I don't know if it's correct, I think that it won't mean three years that the Blue Jays aren't playing at Rogers Center. We've seen other stadiums around baseball do it where they're building a stadium on the same location and they don't even miss a single season. St. Louis did it back in the early 2000s or mid-2000s where they wanted to build the new Bush Stadium on the same grounds that they had the, the old stadium on. So they built like half of like a crescent around the old stadium of the new stadium foundation, um, leaving just kind of the outfield um, unfinished because that was intersecting with the, the old stadium. And then in one off season, they tore down the old stadium, built out the outfield, and they were ready for opening day. So I think that's a possibility for the Blue Jays. Although, like you said, Rogers Center is a behemoth of concrete. It's not going to fall easily. It's it's, I, I don't know what, I don't want to know how expensive it's going to be to demolish that because you can't just like blow it up. I feel like, cause it's just a concrete hunk. Um, so I, I, I think that makes the process more difficult. Maybe they have to miss one season while they demolish the Rogers center. But I think there is, if they, if plan a goes through, if they get approval from the government, because right now, um, they're they're waiting on approval from the government. They all they haven't made a formal um, submission, a formal application, as far as we know. But the land Rogers owns the Rogers Center, but they don't own the land that it's on. It's leased from the Canadian government until I think it's twenty eighty eight, um, and it's only leased for stadium use. And that's the main problem because Rogers wants to tear down the Rogers Center and build a new stadium plus condos, retail space, um, office buildings, etc. So that's the problem with building a new stadium, it's that Rogers wants to also do more with that land. So they have to get approval from the government to use that land. So if that approval comes through um, and they do end up demolishing the Rogers Center, building a new one in its place, um, I think they can do it because there's enough space on the land um, 
to kind of build them simultaneously right next to each other. Because if you look at the map, um, the the land that they have, um, there's, I think it's Bremner Boulevard, um, and there's some land on the other side of Bremner that there's really nothing on it. It's just kind of a parking lot. So if you kind of build just over Bremner, um, and, you know, where like the Blue Jays sign is, um, uh, it, it, you can have enough room to build like half the stadium, demolish Rogers Center and build another stadium. So maybe they miss out on one season in the Rogers Center and who knows whether they play in Buffalo. Some people suggesting Montreal, although I don't think that's very likely. Um, although they do have the facilities for it, but I think they'd rather play in Buffalo just because of travel considerations and everything like that. But yeah, I think it's possible that they could stay in the same place um, and only miss one year or not even any years at all if they work out the process correctly. But I think that's the main question that we have about this process. Um, because I think all the other questions are kind of just like, um, I guess logistics, like how long it's going to take, et cetera. But I think the question of where the Blue Jays will play is a question that's very important to a lot of people, because if they're not playing in Toronto for like five years, that's going to be really significant. Well, it's a massive loss, but yeah, like you said, I guess I guess you are right. They could get creative with the building process, um, and like like I said, there's a plan B at the lakefront. Who knows how true that is, and who knows like what potential sites there could be over there. I just don't know how that works. And you know, if you're moving locations as well, you know, you have to wonder the transportation. That's going to take a lot of work as well to kind of figure out for people who are going to be going to games. So I guess, you know, one of the benefits of keeping it at the current location where it is now is that you're kind of familiar with how it works of transportation, everything like that. So it will be interesting to see, but yeah, I'm just, I've been shocked with the amount of people who have been supporting keeping Rogers center as much as I have. Like I, like you said, Mark, it was kind of seemed like a slam dunk for people who kind of wanted this to happen and were looking for this to happen. Like I've already come across petitions where people are trying to sign it to save it. Uh, I just, I'm kind of shocked. I'm just a little bit shocked by it, but uh, it's, it's very interesting and it's very good news. The only thing about Rogerson, like I said as well, it's, it's only 31 years old. It's not relatively old. It's just, it's very outdated and it, it, it does take a lot to, um, to keep afloat, you know, to keep um, steady, you know, roof, um, ha- the roof has to go over some changes every off season to kind of keep that going. You know, there's been, I remember even a couple years ago, there's, there was a few times during the season where there was about, you know, some pipe bursts where like there was just water <laughs> flowing from everywhere. Just It just seems like sometimes it can be a bit of a mess to try to keep going. And of course there was the famous um, rain out they had a couple years ago where it was, I think snow went through the roof. <laughs> And they had to play a doubleheader yeah. against Kansas City that ice, one day in April, which was I, ice was falling from the Rogers Center or from the CN Tower and t- tore a hole in the Rogers Center. Yeah, that see that that was very weird too to see a doubleheader at Rogers Center, but it just yeah it, it the problem with it, it it's very costly to keep going, but you know the one thing that people will probably have a hard time letting go of again is the memories, but it is what it is. And we'll see how true this becomes and we'll see how significant or it progresses. Like, because like we said, things could have been changed uh, because of the pandemic. But the other thing too is, you know, I think one of the reasons why for me and Mark, you probably could agree too, is, you know, the fact that you get to see other MLB stadiums. And then when you want to compare it to the, the Rogers Center, just a place that you see mostly, or at least for me now as well. Uh, but that, you know, I've already been to a few other stadiums. I'm sure you have as well. And it just sometimes it kind of makes you look at Rogers Center a little bit differently. Um, maybe maybe that's one of the reasons why as well. I'm kind of 
very supportive of this new idea, but um, I'm just, again, shocked with all the support Rogers Center had, but we'll see what happens. And, um, you know, I think a new stadium, it, it's been long overdue for quite a long time. So we'll see what happens, but uh, very exciting news though. I'm not going to lie. And again, it was very shocked that morning when the article came out. And another thing about this plan that I think is important to talk about is the fact that from what we've heard from the Globe and Mail is that Rogers wants to privately fund this with, I think it's Brooks is the real estate um, company that they're trying to partner with. Um, yeah. Brookfield Asset Management Incorporated. Um, so I think that's another important consideration because if we were talking about Rogers trying to pawn off all this money for demolishing the Rogers Center, building a new stadium onto the city, I think that would be a different consideration entirely because if you're pawning that money off onto the taxpayers, then it becomes a question, well, is this really necessary? Do we really have to invest this money now? Can't we get a few more years out of the Rogers Center? Why don't we just do renovations instead of trying to build a whole another stadium? But when it's going to be privately funded, or at least that's what they're saying right now, because I, I mean, I, I don't think Rogers can build the stadium and condos and real estate uh, retail space with public money. If it's private money, then I don't really have any complaints because like no taxpayer is paying for it. It's, it's all privately done. And at the same time, we get a new, hopefully beautiful stadium. So yeah, uh, I, I think privately funding it gets rid of one of the key um, potential complaints about it. But yeah, I, I was surprised that there was so much support for it. Um, I don't know if you have any final thoughts on this before we move on. Yeah. Just before that, like you said, the privately funded part of it is probably going to, keep it the most realistic and the, you know, the fact that it could make it as, you know, the most possible just out of all scenarios. Like you said, if it's not privately funded, then it becomes, you know, a a fact of people not wanting to spend the money, quite frankly. So the fact that it is, it, it, that's why it also kind of, um, it kind of, you know, that was another thing that I think a lot of people kind of overlooked is that it was going to be privately funded and it does change a lot of things and it, it would make the process a lot easier. So like I said, who knows how significant it is, we really don't know because the pandemic did change a lot of things. Maybe it's delayed a couple of years. We'll see, but um, <clears throat> it, it will be interesting to see how true it is. And, you know, it's possible that maybe it's just a something that they've ultimately spoken about, or maybe this is something where there's a legit plan in place. Maybe they already have a few models in place. Who knows? But very exciting news, and we'll see what happens in the next few months if this kind of continues to gain traction. Well, there's more happening this week than just the Rogers Center, although that was, of course, the big piece of news. Um, on the hot stove, there's lots more names that the Blue Jays have been connected to. We have Michael Brantley, Justin Turner, Garrett Richards, Brad Hand, JT Riomudo. They've all been connected to the Blue Jays. Um, I think the biggest names on this list, um, maybe not the most surprising, but the biggest names, and the, I, I guess in the case of JT Realmuto, the most surprising name is JT Realmuto. I, I don't think anyone expected the Blue Jays to be pursuing a catcher this offseason. Of course, we've seen them pursue infielders. We've seen them pursue outfielders. We've seen them pursue pitchers, relievers, and starters. But we hadn't heard anything about their interest in catchers until this report. And it kind of came out of the blue. Um, so I, let's start there. JT Realmuto. Um, obviously an all-star. All, obviously, um, I'd say the best catcher on the market. Um, the Phillies are not expected to re-sign him because they have, I think it was a $2 billion loss this year or something absurd like that. Um, 
So what do you think of this? Do you think the Blue Jays need a catcher? If they sign JT Romuto, what do they do with Reese McGuire? What do they do with Danny Jansen? What do they do with Alejandro Kirk? There's been some speculation that they would flip one of them for pitching or an outfielder, maybe even Francisco Lindor if they got JT Realmuto. Um, so yeah, what are your thoughts about this? Because it caught me really off guard. Yeah, th- this one, this one's weird because the amount of depth that the Jays have, and the Jays have one of the best depths in the league in terms of catching, and it's been well recognized around the game. Like you said, there is Reese McGuire, there's Danny Jansen, there's Alejandro Kirk. You know, even in the the minor league system, there's someone like Riley Adams. Like, there's just there's a lot of names here. And, you know, you wonder if you bring in JT Real Muto, like, I don't see the, like, obviously he would slot in right away, but where does that leave Danny Jansen? Where does that leave someone like Alejandro Kirk, who impressed in, a lot in that final month of the season? Um, I'm not too worried about the Reese McGuire part. He, you know, just because he was already kind of removed from the roster at one, at some point during the season. But, you know, those two players in particular, Danny Jansen and Alejandro Kirk, it just, you wonder what, like you wonder just what the future is and like you said mark the only way this is truly possible if this does happen is there must be some sort of plan in place for them to flip them like you said and um, it actually kind of is funny because i do remember when i gave you guys that kind of like trade offer or that mock trade idea last week alejandro kirk wasn't included in that for francisco lindor and uh, we obviously you guys didn't agree with it which is fine but um you know, it makes sense if you want to bring in Rio Muto and then possibly flip one because that's pretty much the only way this will work. Um, you know, Danny Jansen came into the season as the starter. Alejandro Kirk got more reps as the season went on, and he was kind of more in the lineup for his batting, and there was games where he would DH. Um, so that that's the other thing. And, you know, Danny Jansen, who's a great defensive catcher, someone that you probably want to hold on to. Um, you know, someone like Alejandro Kirk, though, I just don't know what the future holds for him here, if this is uh, significantly true. But, of course, JT Realmuto would make the team a lot better. And who knows how, you know, accurate it is or, you know, how significant it is because this is one of the many names, like you said. There's been other outfielders and other players who have been, you know, included in the recent rumor mill this week. And Michael Brantley, there's been Turner, like you said, Garrett Richards, Brad Hand, who... Uh, someone who I think would be a great fit here just because right now the Jays don't have a closer for next year unless you pretty much give the role to someone like Rafael Dallas, which is possible because he did very good out Jordan of Jordan Romano. Yeah, Jordan Romano as well. So a few other names. And, of course, Ken Giles will not be back for in, the, you know, in baseball for the next couple of years, and he is a free agent, so he will not be back uh, as of now. So that that's another question mark that you have there. So that one I, I look at. And I think that one makes a lot of sense. But even with the other outfielders and infielders, like we said, there's a lot of names. There's a lot of contingency plans the Jays have. I'm sure there's a lot of, you know, in terms of their queue of who they want to pursue. Um, you know, there be, these are names also behind players like George Springer. Um, and then, you know, the fact is, though, that JT Realmuto would be the only catcher that they're looking at right now. So uh, it makes the team better, yes. Uh, what do they do with the other players in the organization? That's another question that would have to be addressed. And it will need to be addressed because, like you, like I said, there's a lot of depth here. And, you know, you have to imagine that the Jays would use that asset to their advantage if they're looking to flip one. But, yeah, Mark, what do you think about this with JT Realmuto? Just, you know, I, I like the way he – I love the way he plays. Obviously, he's one of the best catchers in the game. But, you know, I just – where do you – I just don't know where this would make sense within the depth chart here. But, yeah, I, I'm just not too sure about this one. Yeah, it's – 
It's strange. And I know that you mentioned the speculation about Lindor. There's also been speculation that the Blue Jays would get Real Muto and then apparently the Rays are needing a catcher so they trade him to the Rays and the Rays are also looking to trade or willing to trade Blake Snell so they trade one of their catchers for Blake Snell. Uh, <laughs> it's a lot of, uh, I guess, conspiracy conspiracy theories, a lot of connecting the dots. I'm, like I said, I, I don't really understand it. I know the Blue Jays are casting a wide net. They're really saying, we'll take anyone and we'll make it work internally as long as we get the best players on the market. Um, and no one's saying that JT Romeo isn't a great player. I think he's one of, if not the best catchers in baseball. He's had a, a war of at least 4.4, I think it was, for the past three years. Um, so he's incredible. Like, no one is denying that. He had 25 home runs um, in 2019. He's a great guy. He got MVP votes this year. He has won a Gold Glove Award for a few years in a row. Um, he's incredible. Um, but I don't think he really fits with the Blue Jays. And I think um, even though the Blue Jays' strategy this offseason seems to be, let's just cast a wide net, see whatever we can get, and then we'll work it out internally, I think that works for an infielder. I think that's obviously working for an outfielder because they have the plans to trade Randall Grishik. That obviously works for a pitcher because they don't need to move anything to make a pitcher fit in because they need pitchers. But I don't think it works for a catcher. I think that's like the one position, maybe catcher and then first base slash DH are the, the positions that this doesn't work for. Any other position it would work for. But I think catcher, there's just too many dots that need to be connected to make it work. And I think it's a, a one step too far for the Blue Jays to go after a guy like Ramiro. I think that money is much better spent on a guy like George Springer, which um, apparently talks are progressing. We've heard, um, I think it was Shai Davidi who reported that um, the Blue Jays are more involved with George Springer than they are with some other free agents. So I would much rather them spend that money on George Springer than, or even a guy like DJ LeMahieu, um, than JT Real Muto. Yeah, and like you said, Mark, um, from the years 2017 to 2019, uh, he had a war of 4.4 in 2017, 4.5 in 2018 and 2019, and this past year it was at 1.2, but of course, a lot of asterisks are being placed beside everyone's stats in 2020 with the shortened season, but yeah, like it's... It sums it up perfectly because it's the one position where you have all this depth and then now you want to spend money on something that it just feels like you don't need it as much as it's crazy because of how good of a player he is. But when you look at it, the depth chart you have right now, you don't need him. And you have Danny Jansen, you have Alejandro Kirk, and and Alejandro Kirk I think is going to have a massive role in 2021. He's definitely going to be making the team. Who knows? You know, you can't rule out the potential that he may get more starts than Jansen at some point. But Jansen I like because, of course, uh, Hunjinri is very familiar with him. He likes, and of course, Danny Jansen was the only one that pretty much caught him last year. But yeah, but going back to the George Springer topic, it's not surprising. And I think all three of us, I can't remember, last week predicted that if the Jays were to get one of these names, it would be George Springer. Uh, I, I can't remember if you guys said it too, but I it, it would make sense. And I think it does make sense. And I just would not be surprised if this happened. I have a very, I'm very optimistic with this. And like I said, this is as much as he's coming from the Astros. He's just, he's a, he's a really good player, and I think he makes this team a lot better. And it, it is a massive upgrade for this team. So, um, you know, hopefully within 
the next couple of weeks something happens as well, so to give us the content. But uh, because it just you know just to see something actually happen, just because you know a lot of people have been very um, upset or you know bothered by how they're interested in everyone. But we'll we'll bring that up later. But you know just lots of upgrades or lots of potential names around the rumor, rumor mill, and it's like I said, it's I I like it. I like how I'm seeing. The Jays interested in all these players because it sums it up that they're being they have to be being aggressive or because we're hearing it from somewhere, and I'd rather them be interested in the entire league rather than them not being interested in anyone, and then when you don't hear about them being interested in anyone, people wonder what's going on with the team, and then that's why I just we'll, we'll bring that up in a bit, but yeah, just JT Real Muto, it just doesn't make sense to me, but unless there's another trade in place, like I said. Or like anybody would say, it would it would it only makes sense that you would flip them for something else with the depth that you have because you can do it. But I just don't think it's a need for them. Um, but I like I like um, other than those names, the one that I like as well is Brad Hand because I just think that would make sense. Who knows how expensive or what he's looking for? Uh, I wouldn't look to overspend on someone like Brad Hand as well just because he, he is a closer. He is um, so that that's the one thing I want to. Uh, just remember as well, but George Springer, I really hope this happens, and it's good that talks are progressing. It's really good that we keep hearing about it. Yeah, Brad Hand is, of all the names we've heard about this week, Brad Hand makes the most sense. Surprisingly, Blue Jays haven't been connected to a lot of pitchers, and as you mentioned, people have been upset, not just about the fact that it's been all talk, no action so far this offseason, but also because they haven't really shown that much interest in pitchers, or at least what we've heard about, but Brad Hand would make perfect sense he's a great pitcher um and might come at a little bit of a cheaper cost um at least just because of the situation that you know all pitchers and all players are in this season but you know he's 30 years old led all of baseball with 16 saves in 2020 had an era of 2.05 over 22 innings and his fip was even better at 1.37, um, he's a great lefty arm out of the pen. Would be a fantastic closer for the Blue Jays. Um, there's really no, no, nothing to be upset about here because it would be a great deal and it makes perfect sense for Toronto. But some of the other names have been connected with. Um, the only infielder they were connected with um, was Justin Turner, um, who, in my opinion, wouldn't be that great a fit just because he's older. Like, he's a great player. All these guys are great players, but he is... A little bit older, um, and I, I don't think he totally fits with the Blue Jays' schedule for years to come, but maybe that means he's cheaper. Maybe that means the Blue Jays like him because of his veteran influence. Um, I don't know if there's much to talk about here because we've already uh, talked about infield versatility and outfield versatility to death. But, um, yeah, I'm not totally fond of Justin Turner, but like, I wouldn't complain about it. I mean, I have, I have personal thoughts about him personally because of, um, him going on the field after the world series, despite testing positive for COVID. Uh, but professionally looking at his stats, I wouldn't complain too much besides from his, as, aside from his age. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, but the only thing I can think of right now with Justin Turner is just that moment. <laughs> I don't know how long it's going to last, but when I just hear of Justin Turner, I just, that's all I remember from the world series. And you know, what I just remember what, how dangerous, like that was dangerous because like I said, if the Rays won that game when there would have been a game seven, that would have been very bad. And uh, that was a major bullet that was dodged. But anyways, Justin Turner, yeah, you know, I just, that's another one. I just don't see that it's a good fit here as well. If he was to come here, he just, it doesn't seem like he'd have a lot of playing time. 
I just feel like his role would be reduced a bit. He would be playing the odd. I just don't think he would be playing every day. There's not really room for him in this lineup. We we know about the infield being crowded, but yeah, maybe the veteran influence is something that they're looking at. And, uh, you know, someone like him, I just feel like he's going to do everything he can to go back to the Dodgers and some sort of discount. But who knows what happens with him. And he's getting up there as well with age. But a uh, very good baseball player all around. But, yeah, something that I haven't really taken seriously with is Justin Turner. I'm, I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure you agree with this as well. Yeah, and then the kind of the same type of thing with Michael Brantley. Brantley is a couple years younger. He's 33 as opposed to Justin Turner, who is 35. I think he's turning 36 before the start of next season. So I a little bit younger, but I think it's the same type of thing. I think the Blue Jays are looking for a guy like George Springer who can be with the team for years to come and can, you know, continue to produce instead of leveling off or, or dipping. Whereas I think Michael Brantley, I think Justin Turner, both of those types of players are going to um, drop in production just as a factor of their age um, as things progress. And I don't think that um, lines up with what the Blue Jays want long term. Um, the last name we haven't talked about, I mentioned briefly, is Garrett Richards. They were connected to him yesterday. Um, apparently, they have preliminary interest. I don't know how that differs from just flat out interest, but this was being reported by Ben Nicholson, excuse me, Ben Nicholson Smith and Arden Zwelling on their podcast at the Letters. Um, Richards has a very long and complicated history with arm injuries. Um, He hasn't had a full major league season since 2015 um, due to a long string of arm injuries, including Tommy John surgery in 2018. Before that, he was recommended for Tommy John surgery in 2017. I think he avoided it by having some other surgery or rehab or something like that. I, I didn't totally look into the details, but he has a long history with arm injuries. This was his kind of first full season, even though it was, you know, only 10, 10 starts, but he posted a 4.03 ERA, um, at the age of 32. Um, what do you think about this? I mean, he's not the high impact guy. He would, in, in my view, he's kind of more, um, like a Matt Shoemaker type guy, like a guy who doesn't have a long history of being healthy, but when he is healthy, he's good. So I think that's where Garrett Richards can kind of fit into the Blue Jays' um, plan for things. Of course, Matt Shoemaker didn't totally work out, even though he was good when he was healthy, but he just wasn't healthy. Um, so what do you think about this? Yeah, it's it's a risk just because of his health, like you said. Um, yeah, going back to 2015, it was his last start of or his last season of making playing a full season it was 32 starts. Uh, 2016, 2017 were six starts each. 2018 was 16 starts, which is not bad, but still, it's pretty much half of a season. 2019 was only three starts, and this year maybe one maybe he benefited from this a lot. I'm sure a lot of pitchers, as much as there was a lot of injuries around the game this year, I'm sure a lot of pitchers benefited from a shortened season who managed to stay healthy, who had troubles or injury troubles in their past. But yeah, Garrett Richards would definitely be kind of like the back end of a rotation kind of guy. Um, a good comparison would be. Uh, Matt Shoemaker as well and I just I guess you know just look it feels like Matt Shoemaker won't be back next year we haven't really heard anything and another one we haven't really heard of is Taiwan Walker but maybe that just means he's just expressing offers anywhere or maybe they're just you know you have to wait for top uh, dominoes to fall but yeah Garrett Richards he would definitely be I think a safe pick to kind of fall back to if plans don't work out in terms of a plan A or a plan B 
and uh, you know he's got a solid career ERA just above three and a half. So he's been he's a solid pitcher. There's nothing wrong with him at all. Um, you know, not a superstar, but he's he's a good he's a good guy that when healthy would give you innings. And um, like I said, a good safety kind of option for them to fall back to if things don't work out maybe later in the off season. Uh, but yeah, nothing nothing against Garrett Richards at all. I think he'd be a decent fit here as well. But yeah, he would definitely be kind of a three, four, even maybe five starter, depending on how many additions they make within the next few months. So uh, not surprising again to see someone like Garrett Richards pop up on their radar. And then the last thing we wanted to talk about, um, you alluded to it earlier, Bryson. Um, it seems like the the most popular and trendy hot take with the Blue Jays right now is to say that they are not doing anything. They're in. They're just window shopping. They're interested in everyone, but they're not going to actually do anything. And we can't read anything. We can't read at all into the reports that they're interested in someone just because they're interested in everyone. They're not actually going to end up doing anything. And people are saying it's like that. It's like this every off season. Um, Hyunjin Ryu would like a word. <laughs> He, of course, the Blue Jays do stuff in the offseason. They make these big deals. Of course, they're not going to get everyone, but I don't understand the, 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 the mindset or the, the opinion that the Blue Jays are just window shopping and they're not going to do anything. We know they want to do stuff. It makes sense for them to do stuff because they have the competitive schedule lined up. They have all the players internally that line up to compete next year. Um, I don't understand why people think that the Blue Jays aren't going to do something. To me, it's clear they're going to do something. It's just a matter of when and how much. You know, I think at a minimum, they're going to sign one high-impact player, whether that's George George Springer, like we talked about, whether that's Jake Odorizzi, whether that's DJ LeMahieu, whether that's Colton Wong. I think they're going to get one of those big names um, and a couple smaller names along the way. But I don't understand why people are saying the Blue Jays never do anything when clearly they made a huge splash in last year's offseason with Hyunjin Ryu to a four-year, $80 million deal, which is one of the largest free agent contracts ever in Blue Jay history. So I don't I don't understand why people are saying this. And frankly, to me, it's laughable. Um, I don't know what you think, Bryson. Yeah, as far as I'm concerned, none of these top free agents have signed anywhere yet. So I just, that's another thing. And yeah, like, it's, I just look at it because I'm seeing it too. And I just... I just don't understand why people are reacting the way they are because, yeah, like you said, Hyunjin Ryu last year, one of the biggest signings, I believe it may have been the biggest signing in franchise history. And we know that Rodgers has the money to spend and we know that they are looking to spend and, you know, that's the best we can take out of it. But I think last offseason kind of proved that they are willing to do it. But, you know, the the funny part for me is that the thing that I laugh at is when you don't hear anything about them being interested in anyone, you hear the exact same thing. You hear the exact same blowback because, you know, you, you hear people saying, oh, this team's not never going to get better. This team's never going to head in the right direction. And I'm, I'm talking about pretty much the off seasons from the past couple of years when they started their rebuild because I pretty much witnessed it all, all the time, and I'm sure you have too. You know, the amount of times, why are we signing these players? Why, why is there so many signings about these guys getting invites to spring training? How come I've never heard of this guy? But now when you look at these rumors now, when you're seeing actual names that people know of around the game, people are having a problem with that. And wouldn't you rather the team be interested in pretty much everyone rather than nobody? Especially a team that is said many times that they are looking to make an, a substantial upgrade this offseason. I just, I don't understand it at all. I just, it's, 
it kind of bothers me a little bit because I don't know. I just, it, it, I laugh at it, but it also bothers me because like, I just don't understand why they react the way they do. And like I said, no free agents have signed yet. Um, that's, that's the one thing I want everyone to remember too, is these names are still out there. So clearly the Jays aren't doing anything wrong. And I'm sure right now they're doing everything. Like we're not even in December yet as well. Like it's November 29th. Um, the winter meetings haven't even happened yet. We are, we've like the off season's barely begun and this is how it always starts. It pretty much every sport, it starts with interest everywhere. And then as you kind of have a read for the market, then that's when you go in and potentially attempt to make signings and you know why why rush things now why why not be able to kind of think about it i just it just it baffles me how people get upset with that but like i said when when you don't hear anything about them being interested in anyone then you hear the exact same thing so i don't know what it is with people's demands but you know another thing too is that this team or i'm sure fans as well are anxious because of how good they were or you know they were good this year they made the playoffs and I'm sure they are have higher expectations, like we said. We know that for a fact, based off the results last year. But you know, people, you got to give them some time. Like, like everyone's still on the market. Nothing's happened yet. Like, it's just not. It's not like everyone's signing everyone, and the Jays are just saying, "Oh, we're interested in this guy. We're interested in this guy." Everyone's playing the exact same game right now. And why rush things when you're pretty much at this at the same playing field as everyone else right now? I just, I don't know what else you think, Mark. But yeah, I just it. I don't know why. I just laugh at it and it bothers me a bit that people are reacting that the way, the way they are. Well, that's a great way to say it. Everyone's playing the same game right now. The Blue Jays are not, you know, standing out in any way, except for the fact that they're interested in more guys. Like, no one has signed the big names. There's a reason why George Springer, DJ LeMahieu, Jake Odorizzi, there's a re- reason why these guys are still on the market. It's because no one has signed anyone yet. We're, we're not even a full month into the off season. So like I, yeah, it, it, it's kind of, it's annoying if I'm being frank. And I, I think part of this mindset comes from like 2015 slash 2016 when the Blue Jays, like they had David Price, but they didn't sign David Price. They had Edwin Encarnacion, but they didn't sign him. They lost out on him to Cleveland. They had Jose Bautista, but they didn't sign him to a big extension. It was just a one-year deal. But I think there's a big difference between the situation then and the situation now the Blue Jays in 2015 and 2016 were at the end of their competitive schedule they were at their peak and they went down from there the Blue Jays now are in a very different situation they are ramping up instead of slowing down so even if like we don't have to just take the front office at their word we don't have to just take the rumors uh, for what they are. We know that these are being reported. And even if we ignored what the front office is saying, even if we ignored what these rumors are saying, we can just use our brains and realize the Blue Jays need better players right now. And they're ready to be competitive, which is very different from where they were, like I said, in 2015 and 2016. So I, like you said, I don't understand it. Everyone's playing the same game. And um, I do think one important thing to remember here is that like where these rumors are coming from, because I think the fact that the Blue Jays have said very openly they're going to be very aggressive and competitive this offseason um, lends some agents to connect them their, their players with the Blue Jays. Like some of these rumors are not going to be true. Some of them are just going to be agents saying, hey, the Blue Jays are being aggressive. Let's say the Blue Jays are interested in I don't know, JT Real Muto, so that the other teams interested in JT Real Muto feel pressure to work more fast and be more aggressive 
in their pursuit of him, right? So we can we we can understand that some of these rumors aren't true, but at the same time, even if some of them aren't true, even if we know that some of them are being exaggerated and some of them are being fabricated, it doesn't matter because we know the situation the Blue Jays are in. We know they want free agents. We know they want high-impact players. So it just, yeah, it doesn't make sense. And uh, you put it perfectly. Everyone's playing the same game. So why get frustrated at the Blue Jays? And the best part is, is if the Jays make this a big addition, the amount of people that will completely change the way they're thinking. It's <laughs> it's just funny how quickly people uh, react and how quick people change. But like this happens in every sport. I don't know why it's anything new to people that it starts with interest. Like I just, it just, I don't understand it. But yeah, I just, I don't know. I just, people are anxious, sure. But like, don't take it out on anybody else that, you know, you're trying to report news and give people information. And like you said, like this is the off season out of the first time in pretty much ever since Shapiro and Atkins have been here where they have openly said that they are looking for a substantial upgrade. And they have said it on many different occasions, many different radio shows, many different interviews, and many agents are talking about it. Scott Boris has even said that as much as he could be a goofball around the game, he is the most popular and powerful agent in professional sports. So the fact that he's even bringing that up, it just... You have to, like you said, to understand where the rumors are coming from. Yeah, some of them may not be accurate. May some of them may be doing doing that on purpose, but a lot of them are true, and a lot of them are factual. That the Jays are looking to do this, looking to do that. But just patience. It's not even December. Like, oh my god, I just, I just, I'm gonna be very, I'm gonna. That's gonna be even more funny though. If they make a, a big signing or a trade, the amount of people that will change the way of thinking and how they will celebrate and like, but yeah, like this team signed, spent one of the mo- spent money on Hunjin Ryu last year for eighty million dollars. Like you said, Mark, it's like it was a year ago they made this signing and everyone right at the front because it was the exact same thing. Nobody thought it was gonna happen. Nobody thought it was gonna happen. And then when it happened, people freaked out and people were excited. So it's probably gonna happen again this year with somebody if they bring them in and. You're going to see the exact same reaction. But like I said, just it's not even December. Like We have so much more to go. The, like, the winter meetings aren't even here yet. Let, them, let the market kind of play out the way it is like it always does. And you know, if you're not going to be the first one making a big signing, then just like I said, they're doing nothing wrong. Everyone's kind of taking it slow, which is fine. And it's barely started anyway. So you know at some point it's going to pick up because it has to. Because spring training will come sooner rather than later. So... Uh, patience, but you know, I'm like I said, I'm. I'd rather them be interested in everyone rather than you not hearing about anything until the the week before spring training, where you're adding and bringing in random guys for inv- invitations to spring training. So I'm, I'm nothing bothers me with it right now. So uh, we'll see what happens though within the next, I guess, within this month now as we head into to December. Yeah, and and with Ryu, I don't think, if I'm remembering correctly, I don't think we heard anything about it beforehand I think it just happened and it kind of came out of the blue so like I think even if the Blue Jays are being reported interested in all these guys they may not get the guys they're interested in but they're gonna get someone like I like just for anyone who's maybe anxious or concerned about this I would just say like cut through the noise realize the situation the Blue Jays are in and what they've they 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 have to do based on the situation they're in and just say, yeah, they're going to go out and get some guys. And, I mean, what's the analogy? I think Scott Boris used the analogy. I mean, he loves his analogies. But he said, like, the Blue Jays have the 
the lamp and now they just need the light bulb or something like that. (laughs) I'm basically saying like the Blue Jays have all the support they need and now they just need a star to carry them over the finish line. Um, And I think that's like, it's a strained analogy. Scott Forrest is, you know, he's known to be, like you said, a goofball, but it works. Like it's true. They, they just need someone to carry them over the finish line. And by all indications, that's what they're going to do with this offseason. So, um, yeah, just take a chill pill. It's only November. No one has signed anyone big yet. Let's just calm down um, and take a moment. Yeah, I was going to ask you a quick question. Well, I just, you know, the pretty big news a couple of days ago to the future of the Jays pretty much radio or the broadcast booth. Mike Wilner was let go by Sportsnet. I just want to get your quick thoughts, Mark, on uh, what you thought of Mike Wilner as much as, you know, he was the past couple of years he was doing play-by-play. And before that, I'm sure everyone remembers him being a famous, the famous host of Blue Jays talk. Uh, you know, what are your, that kind of, that another thing that kind of came out of nowhere. What are your thoughts on that? And were you a big fan of Mike Wilner? Yeah, I like Mike Wilner. I think he did a good job. And if this was a normal week, I we would have been leading with talking about Mike Wilner instead of him being an afterthought. But because <laughs> yeah. we had so much crazy news this week, it's just like the last thing we're talking about here. But yeah, I liked him. Um, I think it's, strange the way he's leaving um I, I think there's probably stuff happening behind the scenes that we're not seeing and I have no idea what that is or what it could be um but it's unfortunate that it's ending this way uh but yeah I really liked him I think he did a really good job of course on Blue Jay talk I I think he was fantastic on that I know he was combative and some people didn't like that about him but um I I think he did a fantastic job with that I think I really enjoyed his uh, play-by-play. I I mean, my favorite call of his was, I think it was um, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. 2018 spring training when he hit the walk-off home run in Montreal. I, I That's my favorite memory of him, just because the way he called it, it was so energetic. It was fantastic. I think he was really good at what he did, and um, it's a shame it has to end this way, but I mean, I'm sure he's going to find opportunities elsewhere, and you know, maybe this is just a better opportunity for him because I feel like the pipeline in terms of talent, in terms of um, opportunities in Toronto was kind of clogged with all these different guys that they have. They have a lot of talent, both on the radio and TV side of things. So maybe this is an opportunity for him to go elsewhere and um, find success and find more opportunity elsewhere. But yeah, I liked him and it's a shame it has to end this way. Yeah, like you said, Sportsnet is Sportsnet is very fan, it's fantastic with their Blue Jays coverage, and yeah, someone again who's kind of taken the name by the storm was Ben Wagner, who's done a fantastic job in his two years. But yeah, it is sad to see Mike Wilner go. I've always liked Mike Wilner, um, so yeah, I just it was it, it's a little bit strange the way it ended, but yeah, I just remember the one time a couple years ago when I ran into him on Boylston Street in Boston when he was going to uh, Fenway Park. Uh, he was very nice, so I just yeah, that, that's the one memory I have. I guess meeting Mike Wilner, but yeah, I've called into his show a few times, but not a lot. But I, I loved. I used to always love listening to it after the game. It kind of, kind of tuned away after he kind of was replaced as the host, just because it wasn't the same with him. But uh, very sad to see him go. But I'm sure, like you said, Mark, uh, with the baseball knowledge he has, he will find an opportunity elsewhere. And he, he did a f- terrific job in his, you know, his stint with Sportsnet and Rogers, which lasted a long, a very long time. So, you know, best of luck to him in his future. But yeah, I just wanted to ask you about that quickly before we wrap things up yeah he's been an on-air talent i think since 2002 i don't know if that's how long he's been doing blue jay talk but he pretty much was blue jay talk and like you said like i haven't listened to it since he stopped doing it i i couldn't really care less about it it was really 
his show. He was Blue Jay Talk, but yeah, best of luck to him and what he does in the future. But that wraps up what we're talking about today. So thank you to everyone who listened to this episode of Section 138. As always, you can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or just tell a friend about our podcast. You can stay up to date with everything we're doing by following at Section138Pod. That's on Instagram and Twitter. So thanks for listening this week, and we'll catch you next week.